This is Sad Boy Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. My name's Matt, your host. Today, I got a new special guest. I met him one time at T-Mobile, and ever since then, he put me on with Abel. Abel put me on the Adam, so I really appreciate this guy. Go ahead and give yourself an introduction. Yo, man, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name's Nico. My artist name is Shy Nico. It's a pleasure to be here, dude. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. Before we get into it, guys, go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. It's going to be a good episode. Jumping right into it, man. The first time we actually met, we had a conversation. You had mentioned you're a producer. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm about to start a podcast, Sad Boy Radio. Yeah. Check it out. I told him about Blue Door Studios, too, so just so you know, Vic, right, right from the beginning. And yeah, it was just a conversation about following your passions and how as an artist you don't necessarily need to be the biggest thing out there even though you'd like to be you know it's sustain it's a sustainable career right so following your passions following your dreams and that's something that's hard for a lot of people because of the criticism that follows it right yeah totally one song that immediately comes to mind is like everything will be okay by g easy i don't know if you've heard it or if you can recall it off the top of your head but the first verse is he has a relationship right and the relationship, you know, he leaves it all behind and he contemplates on what life could have been like had he stayed there. You know, he leaves his brother and his brother has to take care of his mom, all this stuff, right? So for you, what's one of those things that, you know, one of those moments that you can think of that could have drastically changed your life had you, like, chose that rather than music? So, you know, I started music pretty young like my, my sister was like in the concert band in uh in elementary school and like my parents had uh bought her an instrument at the time she kind of grew out of it pretty quick and um she kind of handed it down to me and like I, I got started in music because of just by like relation to my sister really mm -hmm. you know and like and uh her and my mom being like you should just try it like you'll like it you know you always like listen to fucking music anyway so it's like so i got into it young and then like technically i was classically trained although like all that shit has gone out the door these days because <laughs> i definitely it's it's like you have to keep up with it you know what i mean yeah i mean so flash forward to college i was at depaul university and i was actually on like a like a biomedical track and um and that was interesting and it was like i love i nerd out about like science and you know, um, anything like ecological studies or biology. But I knew that, like, my passion was music because I was skipping class time and time and again to just, like, go home and make beats and, like, work on, like, an artist track or whatever. And and I, I hit the point my junior year of college where I was, like, I wasn't even going to class. Mm -hmm. And I was actually, like, failing. <laughs> Which, you know, I knew I was going to, like, I was basically either going to fail out or like get my shit together or what I didn't consider was that there was an option three where I can just be like, you know what? I don't even have to fail out. I can just not go to school anymore and just go into music full time. So I was like on the track to be a doctor for like the first two years and the third year really like, whew, dude, I was, it, this was so stupid at the time, but I was like on the train with my laptop out, like on the CTA and which is like in hindsight, so fucking dumb because <laughs> like anyone could have like just like caught that shit real quick but you know i was like okay my long commute to school like i'm gonna be on the train making music i'm gonna be like having my earpud earbuds earpuds in like in class like at the very back at like those big lecture halls and like just like cooking up so i don't know at some point i just had to realize it was right in front of me and then just be like let's take a chance on this music i had no plan and i had no real like traction i mean i was like 
there was a few, you know, there's a few people around school and campus that like knew my artist project, mm-hmm. which at the time was called Ennui, E-N-N-U-I. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was really like the pivotal moment of like, if I continue to do this, I'm going to be a doctor, but I don't think I'll be fucking happy, yeah. you know? And like, I, I think at the time I was motivated by the future earnings, you know, versus mm-hmm. like the fulfillment of something. So yeah. I think that was kind of that turning point where I was like, you know what? Let's just take a chance on myself and see how this goes. Oh, no, for sure. And that's, like, something you definitely got to think about, you know, whether you're going to be happy or not. I'm pretty sure when we first talked, we talked about that. And that's kind of, like, the crossroads I've kind of come to, right? I was just talking in my group chat. My boy's um, homie is uh, A&R for Atlantic, right? Sick. So I told him, I'm like, yo, tell him to put me on with a job. He's from Maryland, so I don't know the dude. And he's like why don't you get a job in something you're graduating in? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, don't worry about what I'm doing, bro. Just put me on. Because, yeah. you know, I like music. That's, you know, that's always been like my first passion right away. This whole semester, this has been the toughest semester because I'm starting to manage this and I'm managing school, right? Yeah. And the only reason I'm still focusing on school is because I'm legit like w- graduating this semester so right, i'm like right. fuck it bro like i got it i gotta i'm not get, saying to drop it. out i'm just <laughs> like <laughs> dude you should definitely finish because you're so cool. yeah fuck that oh man i'm so fucking happy but yeah, yeah there you go hey just so you guys know he was making beats before the airpods so he had to you know be real close to that computer on the dude the string dude <laughs> you know man that's yeah that's a crazy story because you know you're literally the definition of you know i have to choose this or i have to choose that and hey, did you end up failing out or you just dropped out? No, I mean, honestly, dude, I, I like I got my shit together by the end of like that semester. You know, I had like I don't know, 3.2 or something like that, 3.1, nothing special. But ultimately, I just like went into the student body office for, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to take a break. At the time I had I had just gotten like an internship at a studio in Chicago called C Music. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy Chuck was the owner of that. And uh, and it was like, OK. Now is like a real opportunity to be in a professional studio that's doing work with Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa and like, you know, like post cool kids. And he was also doing a lot of work with like uh, huge brands on the commercial side because they were making music for advertising. So like I just knew it was the right place to be at the time, you know, and like ultimately experience that I gathered there from Chuck and like the other people who I met like was just like such a huge moment for me because some of those people are my best friends now like other interns who were like at that studio we didn't know each other because he was getting them from columbia college from depaul from loyola from you know uh, university of chicago like all these different schools and i mean just cutting my teeth there was just like such a special and lucky thing to be in because there was no other real studio really doing that Mm -hmm. there was a lot of studios doing artist projects but not both i always kept saying to myself "Oh, i'll go back and finish school i'll go back and finish school and you know 10 years later <laughs> I don't know DePaul <laughs> I don't know if I'll be back he's saying maybe but most likely not <laughs> yeah, exactly nah but you know what bro you definitely have a lot of stories and you have a lot of wisdom that you built up through that you know that especially that experience alone right it taught you so much and anybody I've talked to about you they're like man Nico's such a smart guy he's got it all set he's got it all set he knows exactly what he's doing that's what Adam and Abel told me so for you you know, what's one of those toughest lessons that you had to learn? Not even that you feel has helped others, but for you first, what is the toughest lesson you had to learn? That's a tough question because there's a lot of, there's been a lot of like 
really tough learning moments. You know, I think not to sound cliche, but I think like the biggest and the toughest hurdle to like get over was like learning patience because like you have a sense of urgency when like you decide to make music like your thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to this is going to be my career now. Like and you have a sense of urgency to be like, okay, how do I make money? How do I make good music? How do I make better music? How do I like do all the cool shit? And you just want it all now, now, now. But like, it's just like, I equate it to like, okay, well, if you try and work out for two weeks before you go on spring break and get that spring break body, it's like, it's not gonna happen, you know what I mean? But if you work out every day for a year, then by next spring break, you'll look better. And then you keep doing that for fucking, you know, 10 more years. Damn, you're gonna be like the flyest shit at the beach, right? But like, it was kind of that moment you know, after my first year being at that studio, I had a couple little successes here and there, you know, with some like artist cuts, landing some like commercials. And I felt like, wow, this is awesome. But like, now I want to level up and do even more, you know, and it was just like, I just had to remind myself like, dude, it's year one, really, it's really year one. And like, it's gonna come over time. Mm -hmm. And just like, uh, even nowadays, dude, there's like a lot of aspirations I have even like, 10 years into this journey and I'm like now I'm 29 and I like I still want it all <laughs> but I realize now that it takes time and you know you know the whole like 10,000 hours thing I'm like well nobody talks about the 20,000 hours and the 30,000 hours mm -hmm. so like 10,000 hours is approximately 10 years of work okay. you know if you're doing it full time and you know I, I, I think my frustration with not getting to where I want to be has been supplemented by like excitement mm -hmm. of like you know what, I just need to be patient. Everything that I want to do will happen as long as you're just being smart and like treating people well and like just being yourself and that kind of thing. I feel that. Yeah, patience, man, patience is key. That That's like the toughest lesson a lot of people have to learn because, you know, just like you said, right away you want it all, you want it to happen overnight. And those overnight success stories, they come so little and far few between, right? Yeah, totally, man. And, and even those overnight success stories are like, when you look under the hood, a lot of the times discounts the like years of work that that person was doing in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I think there's almost no real overnight success, to be honest with you. Yeah, to be honest, realistically, no. Sometimes people just blow up. To me, that's you know the mentality I have with this and a TikTok I watched. You know, it they talked about how. You know, even if you got one person, one, two, three people listening to whatever you got to say, listening to your music, that's still one, two, three people that checked out what you had to say, right? You specifically. So I think, you know, with the podcast, at least, it's definitely helped me put it into perspective, into a positive light, right? Yeah. To think, okay, you know, today it was one, two, three people. Tomorrow it could be 100, 200, 300 people. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at somebody's YouTube video and I'll be like, damn, how the hell did they get 300, 400 videos? Like, they got one video, it's 300, 400. I'm like, all right. But realistically, like, are they going to upload as much as I am? Are they going to do all this? And I look at radio shows, right? Like The Breakfast Club, Angie Martinez, right? Sure, they have million, not million dollar, but million view videos. But there's a lot of those videos where it's, you know, 3,000, 6,000, 10,000, you know, it's not yeah. meeting the quota that they needed to meet. Yeah, totally. So not every project's going to be a hit, but you hope every project's a hit, you know? Oh, we all secretly hope everything we do is going to be <laughs> a massive success. But, like, I think that's, like, one of the other things I've learned over the years is, like, try a lot of different things, dude. Like, mm -hmm. 
you know, like I told you about, I used to have an artist moniker that like, ultimately it was like, it was working, but it wasn't working for me how I wanted it. You know what I mean? And it was like, not necessarily the type of music that I, in the long term was like in love with. It was like very specific, like EDM stuff at the time. Mm -hmm. And when I started like really branching out and like trying to make more music than just electronic music, it was like important for me to like, let that sort of moniker be where it was in that time period, mm-hmm. which is why, like, you know, with, like, the Shineco project, it's just, like, it's... The name itself is even, like, meant to be a little tongue-in-cheek because, like, those who know me know I'm not, like, very shy, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's also a little play on the words from, like, Shy town obviously. So it's meant to just be, like, fun, man, and, like, me just, like, experimenting and having fun with things, and, like, I haven't used my voice to sing on things in a lot of years, and finally, like, the single that's coming out on the 12th is going to be, like you know sing me singing on it and like just being comfortable with like doing my own thing kind of thing yeah so talk about that project a little bit you know what genre should we expect from it yeah i mean it's like i guess you could call it like bedroom pop with like a little bit of like like r&b flows in it you know it's yeah. a little bit like it's it's different my, my influences growing up were like red hot chili peppers but also Kid Cudi and like, you know, like, so you'll hear like, I think a little bit of both of those, but then even like my first couple singles were nothing like that. And I'm like learning to be okay with that because I'm like, I think there's a stress on artists to be like, oh, I have to be cohesive in everything I do and everything needs to sound like it's like from the same project and like whatever. And I'm like, Shiniko to me is just like, it's a place where I can be me and like have my music be whatever the fuck I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And like those who like the first single may not like this one, but then there's people that I think who didn't like the first single, but they like this one that's coming out called Icy Girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm just learning to like care less, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and just enjoy the process in and of itself in, in like actually making this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it brings a new audience to it, you know, like that's the most important part is just adapting or adopting a new audience. Yeah. Right. Because if you stay the same over so many years, it's like. Okay, where's the growth? Where's the growth as a person? And where's the growth as an artist? You know, so hey, uh, that's like something Adam did, right? Adam, he originally said he stayed he stayed within Motown, right? He sang a lot of Motown. Man, he was on that like Bruno Mars vibe of like you know like really in that world of like soul like that's charlie puth bro that i i think he's charlie puth like if they told him hey write me uh see you again that adam would be big right now dude adam is the latin charlie puth (laughs) and you heard it here first (laughs) yeah there you go but hey make sure you guys go stream his new song icy girl no my song's not out yet it's uh on the 12th no that's what i'm saying yeah make sure you guys go stream his new song icy girl on the 12th 12th of November, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the 12th of December, 12th of November. All right, bro. So going back to it, right, following your dreams. With that being said, you know, there's a lot of times where you got to draw boundaries between people. A lot of people will try to take advantage of you. They'll say, oh, remember when I did this for you? Remember when I helped you out? Like a song by August Salsina, Don't Forget About Me. The song is specifically talking about how someone tells him, you know, uh, my advice, if you're telling me don't forget you, you're just being forgettable. You're one of those people I'm not even going to think about. So for you, how you know what kind of boundaries have you set to make you you know, successful with what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, look, man, I, I like to keep like an open door policy and I, I do not like to burn bridges. Like, I just think it's like such a bad vibe, <laughs> you know, like I, I like to think is like, 
you know, boundaries is important. So it's not burning bridges, but setting boundaries is important because it like ultimately helps you do what you want to do and get to where you want to be. And, you know, I think, I think a lesson even recently was, um, I was working with a, uh, an artist and his manager for about six months last year during the pandemic leading into the pandemic. So you know, a lot of it was in person and then some of it was remote, you know, without naming any names, I think like the valuable lesson from that experience was like, well, sometimes people are going to try to just like pay you less than what you're worth or kind of just completely go back on what they said and things like that. And I think if you just stay the course and you're just like, no, man, here's here's the text, here's the emails, you know, like stick to your guns in that regard. You know, it just helps you like know what you're worth mm-hmm. and like double down on that. Mm-hmm. There's no bad blood. Like and, and I was just like, well, you know, those guys know where to find me if they have the right budget you know, happy to work with them. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, like, I think what it comes down to is, like, people's inexperience sometimes. And, like, they it, those guys are, like, I'm sure they're, they're, they're good folks, but they just didn't know what they are doing. You know, they're trying to, like, get free production. They're trying to say, like, oh, well, you didn't really write this song. And it's, like, all that stuff that I'm just, like, well, I know in my heart what I did and what I didn't do. Yeah. And um, you guys can spin whatever narrative you want about, like, the situation. But ultimately... You know, if you want to use anything I did, then we got to come to an agreement here. And if we can't, then that's okay, too. You know, it's no no bad blood and no hard feelings. But I think a lot of people mistaken, like, how things should work and how they think it should work because they think, like, well, I'm the artist, you know. I, I hate to use, like, the word entitlement, but that's probably the best way to describe it. Like, a lot of younger artists are like, well, like, it's my song now. And you're like, no, it's – you didn't pay me. You didn't – you didn't, like, I've only actually given you my time and energy and skills and production – so it's our song until further notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I was that artist when I was younger too, man. Like, if I was working with someone, I'd be like, "Yeah, man, this is gonna be six, my next single." You know? But like, it's so easy to get caught up in that and think like, "Yeah, this is mine." It's like, well, no, I didn't pay that producer, I didn't pay that mix engineer. It's like, it's a cohesive thing, you know? And like, you know, my boys like Adam and Abel and Johnny, like that. The vernacular is always like our, not me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like we not I. Mm -hmm. And I think we're pretty big on that stuff, man, because it's like there's the only longevity is going to be with like your team and not like you alone. (laughs) Yeah. And that you could honestly see all of that, you know, that there's a lot of love within that camp, you know, and everything that comes out when it's a collaborative effort, even on Apple Music, Spotify, it'll say and, you know, uh, Adam Martinez and Abel. It's never just Adam Martinez featuring Abel. So, and that's a newer thing within the music industry where, you know, you when you do a song with an artist that, you know, you continuously collaborate where they're putting. And that's not, not just, you know, local artists. It's a new thing with bigger artists as well. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting to see just how that m- the music industry is changing in that way, you know? Totally, man. I mean, I think it sh- that stuff should reflect what people contribute to the song, you know, and like. I know with those guys, like, they co-write so much together. Like, of course, it's an and thing, you know. But then, of course, there's there's still that, that, that situation where, you know, I think if you're just getting, like, a featured vocalist on it that didn't write the song and they're just cutting the vocals or something, I think in that case it's, you know, appropriate to just be, like, featuring this person. Well, since we're on the topic, bro, you know, like I say, you're the one that put me on the able, so go ahead and talk about that relationship a little bit. How did that start? Dude, so it was crazy. Um... Johnny and I, Johnny Carter, uh, which you'll hear 
on Abel's music a lot, like Johnny Carter, Con Fuego. Johnny and I were working on one of his artist projects, uh, doing an album together. And, you know, we would take breaks in between these sessions and just like play each other like new music or whatever. All of a sudden, Johnny one day pulls up this kid. He's like, yeah, dude, I like went to high school with this dude, but we didn't like, we weren't like super good friends, but we were not, well, not enemies by any means either. He's like, and like, we just started reconnecting and like, he's just dropping music left and right. And like, we're listening to it and we're listening and we're like, you motherfucker, this is so good. <laughs> we're like, it just didn't make sense because we're like, damn, dude, like he's really just out here operating and just like executing and, and putting his shit out and like, you know, just like totally new to the game. This was a couple of years back. Ultimately, it was through Johnny that I met Abel and you know over time it's just been really cool because there's times where like i won't even touch any production but i'll just like work on the engineering side or there's times i will produce but not do the engineering and all that stuff and we we've just grown to be good friends over the years and like he's very much like a brother and just like he's gonna go places man it's just like mm -hmm. i feel lucky and like privileged to be here at like one of the very start of it all you know and like mm -hmm. really seeing it like and same goes for adam same goes for johnny it's just like it's lucky man you know and the fact that like we all keep good company is uh yeah total privilege yeah that's that's what's up and abel yeah he definitely always has a lot of stuff lined up he's always doing shows so that's good to see you know from local artists because there's a lot of local artists who i wouldn't say they don't know how to get into the positions like that yeah. but you know they don't put themselves in the positions like that you know abel seems like a go-getter and that's going to take you a lot of places in music completely dude you know we we're, were talking earlier about just like being consistent over time abel and adam have that you know and johnny too of course those guys know that like it's coming but it'll just take some time mm -hmm. you know and already like year over year i see where they are compared to last year compared to the year before it's only exponential, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm excited to see what the next couple of years are going to hold. And even then after that, where that what that's going to look like, you know? Because mm -hmm. I think at some point we're all going to be at the Grammys and just being like, shit, remember when we were in Chicago? <laughs> we were just like, there was no, no stakes, low stakes and no stakes, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just really doing it for, like, the love of it. I just hope to maintain that sort of, like, connection with music. And I, I think I can speak for those guys, too. Like, we do it not because we're like trying to get a Grammy like that's you know what's rewarding is like making something and like all your friends being like dude that's fucking sick yeah you know like actual excitement for like the things that you're making and like and on top of that like as an artist like we all hate <laughs> we all hate our own creations most of the time you know so you're just like you know when you start making stuff you're like ah oh, man I actually kind of like this it's like it's not meant to be self-serving it's meant to be like you can actually do this and you know starting to level up and all that stuff. It's been a fun journey with those guys, man. I'm just excited to see what the next few years are going to hold. Hey, man, when you guys end up at the Grammys, remember, shout out Sad Boy Radio. I, hey, I interviewed all three of you. I need Johnny mm -hmm. next. So, mm -hmm. uh, hey, Johnny Carter, I saw you comment on Abel's. You're next, bro. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I was just with him, like, right before I came here. Yeah. We were working on his solo artist stuff. So how'd you start working with him? It seems like he's the beginning of it all for you, Abel, and Adam. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that... um. I met Johnny through the Remix Project in Chicago, which is run by Jack Flash, who's like very much like a friend and mentor to like me and Johnny. Sick producer, sick engineer, sick just like community organizer. So the Remix Project is like a non-for-profit that was started by Gavin Shepard and uh, Forty, who's Drake's producer. 
mm-hmm. out in Toronto. They opened a Chicago chapter, and Jack, our buddy, um, is kind of like at the helm of that. And it's meant for people who are sort of underprivileged and don't have the resources or like the connections to be able to like do music full time. So they they do this really amazing program that's like super intensive. You know, is like a crash course in like production or like uh, music videos and things like that. So it's not just making music, but it is centered around people who like want to be producers and artists and writers. And so I think it's like a nine month program that like you you do these like networking events, you do this, that, and the other. Um, so that was like kind of this one avenue in which Johnny and I had met, but then at the same time of really like connecting through Remix, we were working on this same artist project, but like unbeknownst to each other. Mm. So it was my buddy Ezekiel, who's like super fire artist. You definitely got to meet him at some point. You know, he's like lives in the world of like Nine Inch Nails meets like The Weeknd meets like, I don't know, like, um, Nirvana almost Latino artist, but like, um, just can do everything. So on his first project, which was 20, 2015, I want to say, mm-hmm. I'm like hearing some things in the production. I'm like, who the fuck did this, dude? And my buddy Izzy Ezekiel was like, oh, that's Johnny Carter, dude. And I was like, I got to meet this motherfucker. <laughs> it was like friendly competition. You know what I mean? It was like, damn, dude, I want to know how he did that or how he did that or how he did that. Like when you find people that make cool shit that you're really interested in, you're one, you're just like interested in like dissecting it and understanding how it works. And I think that's like, you know, as a producer, I think every producer does this every single day with music. You're listening, but then you're also listening to see like, why do they make that choice? How do they make that choice? What do they use to make that sound? You know, like all those things. So yeah, we kind of met through two different avenues. You know, it's funny, like I, I play soccer and like, you know, when I ran into Johnny at like a remix function networking event, you know, I noticed he had on some sambas, and I was like, dude, we got to just play. Like, let alone the music part. Like, let's just fucking play. And we ended up playing soccer on the same team and all that stuff. I don't know, man. It's music. It's, like, it's just such a weird, random thing that, like, you meet these people. But then it's funny, like, looking back on it and reflecting that I feel like it was kind of an inevitability to meet these guys in a lot of ways, you know. And, like, Adam, I mean, the reason I know Adam is kind of an even crazier story so like my buddy Angel and I were throwing a writing camp where we like rent out an Airbnb for a week and then we invite people from like all over the world to like come in is that where Abel and Adam met yeah yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he talked about that yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I think they like they knew each other from high school too because like yeah they all went to they the all went to the same school, high school yeah. but like they definitely weren't really like homies homies and like whatever and like even later in life now they were like i didn't even know like you got shit going on or whatever yeah so we had done this this writing camp and we had like people in from all over the world you know tel aviv london la nashville uh, toronto chicago obviously new york it was a curated sort of list of people um and my friend shuba who's like just absolutely killing it now she came in for it at the time and, and she was like hey you know there's this dude, Adam, that, like, I, you don't know him, but, like, trust me, he's really good. I know that you're already capped out at, like, 20 people, but can he be, like, the 21st person? You know what I mean? And I'm like, let me hear his music <laughs> before I decide. So she shows me the song that she and him were working on at the time. It was a demo, but I was like, this is really good. So I was like, hell yeah. I mean, you know, we're all about being inclusive, so we're, like, absolutely come through. You know, I would later find out that really the only reason Shiba wanted Adam there was to finish a song with him. But I think, you know, ultimately, like, the stuff that they did at the camp was, like, even better, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and I don't even know if the song ever came out, to be honest with you. But, yeah, so, you know, working with Adam and, like, we had four or five different rooms set up. 
and there was like three or four people in each room working on a song and it was kind of very like the structured thing it was like you got two hours make a song you know since i was running it i was kind of popping my head into each of the different rooms and you know seeing what adam could do i was like damn and then seeing what abel could do i was like damn you know because it was really my first time really seeing like how they work what their capabilities are you know what their comfort is what all these things and then yeah i mean I didn't even realize until like after the fact too that it, Adam and Abel like really connected there, mm-hmm. you know. And like honestly, that was kind of the goal of this stuff is like, yeah, we, of course we want to make good music, but like ultimately we want to like create an environment in which people can like meet each other, meet new people, and like there's, there's like a thing in Chicago where I feel like there's so much talent here, but like nobody's like all the right people are not necessarily working together. Mm-hmm. And if we can just like do whatever little part to be able to help create and foster that environment and like connect those dots here in Chicago then like we'll be happy out of that because there's no infrastructure like that how there is in LA or like New York mm. you know yeah Nashville like Chicago has all the talent dude but it's just there's zero infrastructure here no definitely man and that's something that like you don't even really think about you know having the infrastructure to bring all these artists together because just like you said LA New York those are places you think like damn let me go make music when it comes to Chicago, you don't really think about, like, Chicago artists working together. It's just like, all right, one blows up, they're out of here to L.A., Atlanta, New York. Are they coming back? Who knows? Yeah. You know, we were all talking about hitting L.A. at some point, but I think ultimately we're like, for what? We can just do it here. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you create the infrastructure yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, slowly but surely over time, I think we'll get there. That being said, I think it still is valuable to go to L.A. Same as being it's valuable to go to anywhere and work with new people you know what i mean like change change the scenery and like be inspired by the places that you go i was just in london with my girlfriend and like just being there like for the first time i felt like i was just collecting music like i wasn't even making shit there dude i was just like straight up like you know we'd be at like a restaurant or something and all of a sudden we hear some music and be like what the hell is this this is like so different than the shit you hear back in the states Mm -hmm. in the best way possible so it's like you know just going and, and changing your environment is like part of it too you know which is why like you know Abel and Johnny and I and like we've done like little camps like even just in Michigan like changing the scenery and just like posting up and just being like this is a different space to be inspired by you know that's what we're talking about you know right now we're talking about taking a retreat to like Michigan get a cabin out to Michigan yeah I think we got a space right now but we'll definitely like hit you up for that other Mm -hmm. space you know check out that spot and you know like you said changing the environment it's sometimes you just got to switch shit up and it could be for the better it could be for the worse but at the end of the day you know you're gonna gain experience from it I mean like you know we were talking about the like infrastructure thing earlier and that's why like I really admire what you guys are doing because ultimately like that's something that is connecting the people that are here in the community here and like you know like even off camera I'm gonna be like all right who else did you like interview and like try to figure out who I know and if we could like you know connect those people and things like that because like you guys got artists on here you got writers on here you got producers on here you got all the above you got like just interesting people doing cool shit and it's like it's awesome what you guys are doing man yeah I appreciate that man and you know that's what I really love about doing this and I I always, you know, I try to thank the people that do come through as much as I possibly can because, you know, it's not like they get paid to come here. You know, they show up, you know, they talk to me, have a conversation and, you know, it is what it is. And that's what's dope about it. You know, it's like people are just willing to come have the conversation. And, you know, that that was the idea when I started, you know, just have a conversation with anybody like if it were your best friend, 
you know totally man i mean we we started like shooting the shit at t-mobile like randomly you know over music over music yeah. like if i remember i was like trying to hustle abel's music and be like yo man can you play abel's music on the speakers over here i'm pretty sure yeah i did i play yeah, i play his music at the store now okay. too i man any artist that like i do listen to that i've interviewed i played his shit at the store like adam i played at the store mm -hmm. this guy cuyo I played his music at the store. Played everybody's music at the store, and yep. man, fuck that store. But you know, it'd be like that. At the end of the day, it's all about you know who you know and who that person knows, and just creating those connections. And, and who knows you? One last question I got for you, bro. You know, when it comes to music, there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make. One of my all-time favorite songs and lines, at least from the song, is by Drake, "Light Up." And in the song, you know, he says, yeah. they always tell me that nobody's working as hard as you. And even though I laugh it off, man, it's probably true. Because while they're out partying, I'm making the music that they party to. Right? Love it. So think about it like that, right? All those things, you got to make sacrifices when you're working. There's been times where I've had to stay home from the club. My friends are like, yo, come out. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. I got to edit this video. Yeah. They're like man, you just got an excuse. So I'm like, nah, bro. And like the video comes first. I'll, Cause I'll catch you on Friday. I'll catch you on Saturday. I'll catch you on Sunday. You know, if it's Thursday night and I don't got the video done, I can't go out, man. No, <laughs> I get like that, that, dude. I get that. I mean, sacrifices, look, dude, I think sacrifice is relative, right? Depending on what you value. So if like you're someone that does value, you know, being at the club, I don't think you are, but <laughs> you know, like, if you're someone that does value that, then sacrifice is being able to say, like, I'll forego that to pursue this, right? When, I, when it comes to, like, honestly reflecting on what I've sacrificed, I mean, I think it's not to get dark, dude, but it's been, like, time with, like, friends and family. And, like, and I think as I've gotten older, I've learned that, like, I don't need to sacrifice it that much. And actually, instead, I just need to be better at time management. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I, it, like, there actually doesn't have to be these crazy like struggles if you just like work smart and not work hard you know what i mean mm -hmm. but i used to think that like no i have to stay in the studio for 12 hours a day in order to like make it and i was like actually that was like not the way to do it, <laughs> it for, at least for my journey you know what i mean it was like actually 12 hours was no more productive and no more no more efficient than six hours mm -hmm. which is why like nowadays i'll do like a six hour session max but after that i'm like I don't get better, I get worse, you know? And then those new six hours of my day, I can like spend with my girlfriend or spend with my family or like see my friends and like not do music because like, you know, it's hard to kind of delineate because you have this all encompassing thing that's your passion, like like being with your friends and like not talking about music and actually just like shooting the shit about whatever, the memes that we saw, like the funny like shows and shit and like, comedy comedians you know like mm -hmm. just all that stuff that like makes you a more well-rounded person I mean and I, I try to like I try to do more of that stuff because music can be like a blessing and a curse at the same time if you like let it fully take over your life you know what I mean it's a privilege to do music I'm probably skipping over some sacrifices that I made but I just really feel like you know the biggest thing was like my time with like family and friends awesome. over the years you know yeah. um but again nowadays figuring out a better rhythm with that and like just managing my time a little bit better and just you know doing that time management bro it'd be the hardest thing ever in the fucking world because and i've i've tried to get better at it you know recently only because like i said i gotta f focus on this i gotta do homework 
uh, school. I hate school because I got I got to go there. I got to come back. And I'm like, bro, by the time I get back, I don't want to do shit. I just sit down and I'm like, yeah. all right, that's it. That's a wrap for my day. But I don't, I don't like doing that. It's a work in progress, dude. And by the way, I'm not perfect at it. Case in point, I was an hour late to this today. <laughs> so I'm still working on it, trust me. Like, you know, and I, I sincerely apologize for being late to this today. But yeah, man, it's always a work in progress. And I think like that that's that's another reoccurring theme in life, right? With like someone like yourself who's in the creative field and like pursuing pursuing a podcast and amongst other things, you're just like dude nothing's ever finished it's like mm. you know whether it's a song or the podcast like so what you get to the 800th guest and then that's done no yeah. 801 comes around and you're like all right let's get to 1200 you know like all that stuff so i think it's been a fun fun learning lesson in that regard you know for sure it's so exciting bro is especially when the frustrating part is having to find them right finding the next guest and the next guest that's why I had hit you up. Yeah. Mind you, we planned this a month in advance. Right. Yeah. Because at that point, I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to make a schedule. I'm going to get everybody lined up. I had people lined up. They canceled. And then I was fucked. Yeah, you count You count <laughs> yeah. for that stuff. Yeah. But, dude, honestly, you know, this goes without saying, like, I, I'll line you up with the next 10 people. Like, there's yeah. so many good people out here in Chicago that, like, you know, you got to just continue to meet. And, like, they have really valuable insight. I mean, Johnny, who you, I'm sure you'll have on. Um, I work on the management side with this girl, Piwa. She's fucking incredible. Mm. Like 19 years old, Columbia. She's born in Zimbabwe, raised in Texas, goes to college out here in Chicago now. And she's like, she's like a blend between TK Mediza and like Lauren Hill and like a little bit of Erica Badu, but like really interesting production and just like killing it. So like, she'd be someone, she's a unique voice, unique perspective. Like, you know, it, it I think it should be a requirement for this podcast. Like, yeah. if you come on here, you got to give us three people that you fuck with heavy and recommend them to come on here, which I, like, proudly will with her. That's a good idea. I'm going to keep that one in mind because sure, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 hey, we, we haven't made any profits off of this. I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding. Uh, we are in negative. Hey, man, that's literally, like, you know, <laughs> you're running a business, dude, and, like, you have to treat it as a business. Did, were you able to bring the item? Uh, yeah, I, I, but I'm like, I was driving on my way over here and I'm being honest with you. I'm like, that's cheesy as fuck, bro. Like yeah. my sentimental item was like my business card, <laughs> like literally like my like chase business card. Yeah. And it kind of relates to what we were talking about. Like it's sentimental in the sense, because like, as soon as I started like looking at myself and like my music as a business, like I started to take myself more seriously. I started to like people take you more seriously and like, you know not just for like tax purposes, but like, yeah. but like truthfully, like this is all a business. This sad boy radio is a business, you know? And like, you know, one of those like other like lessons that I learned over the years is just like people only take you as seriously as you take yourself. Mm. So, you know, that like actually starting a business and like putting everything under one hood was like important and sentimental for me because I was like, damn, that was the turning point where like things started like really going well, I would say. You know, and, like, start actually making a little bit of money and, like, being able to sustain myself off of music, you know, and, like, again, treating it like a business, like, P&Ls every year, you know? You know, that's the moment you truly felt like, all right, this is real. Because there's been times where I had an episode where I talked about it where, you know, you don't really feel it until it becomes, like, a reality. Like, you know, this is who I am. 
especially when I first started this podcast, you know, I'd, I'd go out and I'd be like, you know, I'd run into somebody and someone would say, oh, yeah, he has a podcast. Like, it wouldn't be me. It would be like my friend. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got a podcast. Like, uh, I have like, a question for you. At what point did you get over that imposter syndrome? Meaning like, dude, you're 30 episodes in. That's like this is a fucking business. <laughs> you know, like I don't know anyone other than like my one buddy, Neil and Blake, who have a podcast that like, they've, yeah, they've got about 25, 30 episodes. And yeah. like at what point were you like? confidently like yeah i have a podcast i run it with my homies and like fucking we do it proper i don't even know i still feel like there's times where i'm like damn i got a podcast like i but i feel that i take it as seriously as i can now you know like before it was like all right i got this to do i got this to do but now that you know i'm deep into school and i'm about to finish i'm like okay, this is my priority. Like, I prioritize this rather than I prioritize anything else. So I guess it was that moment, right? And now when I'm in the club, I'll go tell people, like, oh, follow the podcast. Like, hey, Sad Boy Radio, follow it. <laughs> it's also a genius name. I love it. It's yeah, fucking awesome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Sad Boy's for real, bro. Amen, brother. But, yeah, man, that's that's all I have for you today. Dude, of course. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming out. We're going to have to do it again, bro, for sure. And, man, maybe we'll even have to do an episode with all four of you at once. Bro. Oh, that'd be fun as hell, dude. Once again, bro, thank you. I really appreciate it. Go stream his new single, Icy Girl. Yep. Icy Girl, November 12th. Yes, sir. November 12th. That's my dad's birthday. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, you, you got to stream it now. But thank you guys for watching. My name's Matt, your host, Sad Boy Radio, Shy Nico. And I'll drop his name in below. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead, like, comment, subscribe. Thank you, guys. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.